0: What's up, guys? Brando here, one of the EVPs of the Journey into Comics Network, podmaster, host extraordinaire of the Journey into Comics podcast, Journey to Wrestling, and the Game Addicts podcast, and you are listening to the best of the week, and what this show is... It's like a little bit of an appetizer of all the shows we have to offer here on the network. You get a best of clip of every single show that airs throughout the week. So if it's your first time or you just want to relive some of your favorite segments, this is the place to be on this nice, lazy Sunday afternoon. So kick your feet up, relax. Unless you're driving, you know, be safe. You know, you don't want to kick your feet up if you're driving. And enjoy the best of the week.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey Into Comedy. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's episode 184. I'm your host, Nate. Today joining me, as always, the Lars Ulrich to my James Hetfield, or the James Hetfield to my Lars Ulrich, depending on who you ask. Welcome back to the show, Mirando, How's it going?
0: I was going to do a Lars impression, and then you said James, and I'm like, how does Lars do James? I've never heard him... I- 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 can you imagine Lars doing a James Hetfield impersonation? Do some rock albums. You know. Just do some uh do
1: some uh rock and roll music. We're gonna we're just gonna come in here with some records some rock and roll. I like rock. that oh, one yeah. more. Yeah, ooh yeah. Ooh yeah. Ooh yeah. Ooh
2: yeah. <laughs> 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 ooh Yeah.
1: Oh man. Uh, so what's up, Brandon? How's it going, dude? Welcome dude. to the show.
0: Welcome. Thank you for welcoming me to the show that I also co-host. Yeah, you know, it's, it's going pretty good here. As I almost dropped my brand new phone, um, it's a little late in my neck of the woods, but that's just fine. I'm here for the ride. We got some stuff to talk about this week. It's mm-hmm. going to be pretty fun. Of course, uh, we're trucking right along here with on the Journey into Comics podcast, and we are nearing that ever-so-to-double-zero.
1: Man, it's getting closer and closer. It's kind of freaking me out. We're only 16 weeks away here. And uh, next thing you know, this this show is going to be 200 episodes in. And, you know, I don't think it really changes a whole lot. It just is really nice to see, like, hey, we can reminisce about some shit, which I'm sure people love hearing us reminisce and be nostalgic about all sorts of things. And I'm sure that in the future you'll hear all about that. Um <laughs> 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 sorry is that a spoiler did,
0: or anything did you like uh speaking of time and whammy things did you did did you did you like that the new uh doctor yep. who intro
1: oh yeah that thing you sent me of the porta potty floating down the street
0: well i i had heard that the budget got cut a little bit but you know i think it works <laughs> did you <laughs> did, did you watch it with sound yes absolutely. okay because you have hilarious. to because it plays the damn thing as it's like body, and this it, it's a flood and it's just floating right down the street as it's spinning
1: i think it's funny how you mentioned that the budget got cut when they just up jody Whitaker's um pay to the exact same as peter capaldi which is like unheard of you know because mm-hmm. oh she's a female actress so of course she gets less money even in Europe that's a real thing isn't that crazy
0: well uh, I mean I guess it makes sense why the special effects maybe budget went down a little bit because they got to save some money because they're gonna pay her some more which is awesome that they're paying her more but I mean you know it is still a business and you got to pinch pennies where you can and I guess the special effects are just gonna have you know what they got a great doctor I'm sure and uh and uh, you know even if they got to do some do some claymation, for, uh, claymation. to move. <laughs> to, can you that, they do, do some stop motion animation for like, for like the TARDIS instead of floating through space? It's like jerking through space. Really, it's, it's, it's like a kindergartner did the did the animation. Just loosed claymation.
1: Like, uh, what was that game? Uh, God dang it. It was the clay fighting game that was on in 64, 63 and the third. Clay fighters. Clay Fighters, thank you, of course. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think I broke. <laughs> I think...
1: I think Whoa. I broke Brando. Oh shit!
3: What
4: Are was that clay laugh? fighting game? I can't remember the name of it.
1: <laughs> clay
4: fighters.
1: Oh, this is hilarious! Oh my god! Dude. Oh, Ooh. sorry, man. <laughs> Didn't mean to break you live on air there like that. That wasn't my We're not my even, we're not even five the... minutes in. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> I love that you said that exactly at five minutes into the episode. <gasps> that was like crazy good timing. Whew. Are you back? Are you okay? Are you alive? Are we, are we yeah. here? Are we here? It <laughs> the cliffhangers.
0: God damn. Oh, my God, dude. That one's going
1: to hold on to you for a long time. (laughs) We have the episode title, I think. Clay Fighters. Or what was that clay fighting game called? (laughs) Okay. Back to it, folks. We're not We're not dead yet. Oh, shit. Where were we even at, Brando? I don't even know where to go from here. We hadn't I'm even started
0: to... the show yet. We were still just, like, bullshitting and reminiscing and just having small talk before we actually got into any sort of actual uh, things that we wanted to talk about today. Hmm. Yeah, that's good.
1: Is there anything else good in your world? This week has been terrible. Yeah.
0: This has been the week. because... You're Mercury's in
1: help. retrograde or some shit, Brando. The sun is too close to the earth and it's burning some shit. There's some solar floppies or some weird shit. I don't solar know. Solar floppies. <laughs> They're obviously solar flares, but they look kind of floppy. They're like those bands or whatever. But anyways, um the solar flares <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the damn clay fighter things. <laughs>
0: He done broke himself. <laughs> this is why we don't podcast late at night, Nate. We can't just do it. Just slap, dude. Like, like when we um, when we did JIW on the, on the on the on like on the redo episode, like we were like that. And then doing the like the second half of the Iced Earth episode, we were so slap happy for both of those.
1: JIC redo, <laughs> you know, it's just like the next attempt. Anyways, we're gonna try to start the show now. I think we're gonna yeah yeah. I mean to, I mean I, I I think we'll get there. You know, we're gonna get there. We're just we're doing it slow. Brando, to go back to my childhood a little bit. Did you see that recently? Uh, Jason David Frank came back as a new
0: character in Power Rangers? Well, he's not a new character. He's well, kind of new. He's been in the comics. Uh, that's true. They're doing this new film called Shattered uh, Grid. Ooh, not a film. It's not a film? S- spoiler alert, that
1: was a live-action trailer for the comic that's coming out.
2: Oh.
0: Well, he is playing Lord Dracon, or Dracon, or Draken? How do you say his name? Draken. Let's
1: see. If I'm looking at this, it's, I'm going to read it directly from the thing here. It's D R A K K
0: O N. I would say Lord Dracon. and literally, he, uh, he plays a version of the character. I want to say uh, of the of the Tommy Oliver character. It's like an, like it's he's like a mix between the green and white ranger they're like fused together and he looks badass
1: yeah and he is still tommy oliver because there's some stuff in that trailer that definitely pulls back to old moments in the show Mm -hmm. that that make you just like oh this is awesome but they uh you know they released some behind the scenes photos and it's so cool to see him in that costume it's just like this beautiful amalgamation of the green and white ranger and man, it would be so awesome to actually have him end up on TV. You know, like that would be incredible. Then he will have it. You know, pretty much done it all. Jason David Frank. I really love how he's
0: he's still so involved uh, with the fandom and with the and with the franchise, and how like you know over the years a lot of a, a lot of folks have kind of like distanced themselves from it. And then when it kind of came back around, um, you know, to being popular again or whatever, they're like, "Oh yeah, 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 we, you know, we like like we were in that too." But you know, he never did that. He was always like, "Yes, this, you know, I, I, I really champion this." From the suburbs of Chicago and Illinois,
1: this is the Poll Report with your host Andrew
4: Paul. Those of you who followed on an episode back about Flat Earthers, we talked about a guy who wanted to make a homemade rocket to see the curvature of the Earth for himself, and then it was delayed due to regulations and the state requirements, and all that. I just saw an article just bef- like literally just a minute before I started recording from the A V club actually talking about his rocket launch, which apparently happened. So uh article is titled Flat Earther Takes Off in Homemade Rocket Rocket, sorry. Flat Earther takes off in homemade rocket and somehow doesn't die. After announcing back in November that he was preparing to launch himself into space so he could finally prove that the Earth is flat, Mad Mike Hughes actually took a ride in his homemade rocket this weekend, and now everything we know about science has changed. He didn't prove the world is flat, of course, but he did defy all the rules of reality by surviving the journey. As reported by Vice, Hughes' steam-powered rocket featuring the world's research flat Earth on one side, the words, not world, The words research flat earth on the side was launched from a metal rail attached to the back of an RV and it managed to get up to 1,875 feet at 350 miles per hour before its parachutes deployed and carried Hugh safely back to the planet, be it flat or spherical. That's pretty impressive for a man who rejects a lot of basic science facts, but as Vice points out, you need to be about 35,000 feet up before you can see the curvature of the earth. That means he wasn't able to get conclusive evidence for either side of this debate, but he does have plans to get himself higher up in the air with a future launch. He could save himself some time by reading a book and discovering conclusive evidence that way, but then nobody would be writing news articles about his wacky rocket adventures. So, wow. Finally, a nice follow-up to an article from quite a while back. And I'm kind of surprised it didn't go horribly, horribly wrong, so I guess that's kind of lucky. Uh... Probably wouldn't want to talk about the story if he somehow had an injury or death resulting from his homemade rocket. But Yeah, I guess good for him for achieving one of his goals, even if he didn't get quite high enough to prove himself wrong, which I guess is probably good for him. Because even if he didn't reach that hike and be like, oh, I didn't reach it. Still think the earth is flat. Moving on. And so I'll be moving on. And the next thing I want to talk about, which involves that what I talked about last week, which was that Toys R Us is going to be no more they've officially filed for bankruptcy they're closing all their stores it's just a matter of time and then out of the blue came what i think the underdog was in the toy industry a toy store that i had my mall growing up and that is kb toys now kb toys is coming back uh strategic marks a company that buys and revitalizes defunct brands, owns the KB name, and plans to open 1,000 pop-up KB toy stores for Black Friday and the holiday shopping season. My assumption is that there's about a half a billion dollars worth of toys that have been produced for Toys R Us with no place to go, said Strategic Marks President Elia Kassoff in a phone interview with CNN Money. That's a big void that we're hoping to fill up. Toys R Us, which filed for bankruptcy last year, announced last week that it expects to close all of its 735 stores in the U.S., Those closures will put 31,000 people out of work and hurt toy manufacturers that depend on the national retailer for distribution. Kassoff said he'd be in contact with Hasbro and Mattel and up to 200 smaller toy suppliers who are looking for new brick and mortar retailers. He said he plans to take advantage of a glut of toy manufacturers that have inventory but no place to sell it. To get a quick retail footprint, Castle City is working with companies that specialize in holiday and pop-up retail like Spencer Spirit Holdings, Go Retail Group, and Party City Hold Co. Inc. So if when they go into the mall and one of those empty stores pops up as a Party City or a Toygo, which shows like calendars and random little bobbles, So like we might see a KB Toys this holiday season. Uh, we're talking to companies that know... How to do it, they have a methodology they're used to rolling out stuff real quickly, he said. After the holiday shopping season ends, Casper will decide which of the pop-up stores will become permanent based on their performance and whether you can negotiate a lease. Strategic Marks bought the KB Toys brand from Bain Capital in 2016. Bain is the same company that bought Toys R Us and took it private in 2006, a process that left the toy company settled with $5.3 billion in debt, from which it never recovered. So yeah... We'll see a losing a Toys R Us, but gaining KB Toys at least temporarily, and maybe forever. Who knows? And that's really it for follow-up news. Oh wait, no, I missed another thing. So I talked about in the last episode about these bombings that were happening in the Texas area and how I didn't have a lot of information at the time. So sorry, that was my dog. Um, so. The person who's the Boston bombing, the Austin bombing—not Boston—the Austin bombing suspect has been captured due to uh, blowing himself up in his car following a pursuit with police. Um, in Round Rock, Texas, there was not much surveillance footage in or near the Austin area FedEx store showing a man in, dis- in a disguise dropping off packages. But for investigators from federal, state, and local agencies who had been hunting a mysterious and prolific bomb maker is what they needed, their first big break. Up to that point in a two-week investigation, officials have never laid eyes on the man they believed was responsible for terrorizing the Texas Capitol since March 2nd. In the security footage, a red 2002 Ford Ranger could be seen, officials said. Because the authorities did not have a license plate number, they began combing through records, records, all of them for every vehicle with the same make and model in Texas. Investigators then began trying to match the records with a white male, possibly in his 20s. And there was another more unorthodox clue from the surveillance video, the suspect's hands. He was wearing pink construction gloves. Investigators determined the same type of gloves were available at Home Depot, and they began going through hours of surveillance video from Home Depot locations in and around Austin. They got a hit. A screen video from one store appeared to show the same suspect. Officials now whittled down the number of potential license plates and began tailing a handful of people. One of them turned out to be Mark Condit, the man who the authorities now believe was the Austin serial bomber. In a matter of hours, Mr. Connett's bombing experience, as well as his life, would be over. As SWAT officers closed in, Mr. Connett, a 23-year-old man from the Austin suburbs with no criminal record, ignited one of his homemade devices from inside a different vehicle he was driving early Wednesday and killed himself before he could be apprehended. The dramatic and deadly trail of homemade explosions left two people dead and injured several others and in a ditch on Interstate 35 and Round Rock, with the windows of the vehicle blown out and his motive as unknown as ever. In the hours after Mr. Condit's death, a portrait of the bomber, his bombs, and his techniques emerged, along with the story of how he was finally stopped. Lucky breaks investigators' investigative ingenuity and technology that helped catch one of the most elusive serial bombers in recent decades. By the end of the day Wednesday, the police had another tool, a 25-minute confession, left on the suspect's phone in which he attempted to describe his odyssey. It is the outcry of a very challenged young man talking about challenges in his personal life that led him to this point, the Austin police chief, Brian Manley, said. Interviews with political leaders briefed on the inquiry along with the briefings from investigators and a federal law enforcement source shed light on an investigation that saw hundreds of federal agents descend on Austin gathering and reconstructing bomb fragments, interviewing witnesses, and gathering video footage. We haven't seen an effort like this in many, many years, said Christopher H. Combs Special Agent in charge of the FBI's office in San Antonio. Officials said Mr. Condit planted one bomb in the upscale Travis County neighborhood of Austin on Sunday and tied the bomb strip wire to a caution children at play sign which he himself put next to the sidewalk and bought along with four others at a Home Depot. Investigators used his cell phone data to put him on the scene of the explosion in Austin and also got his Google search history. But officials said that the crucial first break came when Mr. Condit mailed the package at the FedEx store earlier this week. Representative Michael McCall, Republican of Texas said that when Mr. Condit left the FedEx office he got into a pickup that had been called in by others as a potential lead and they got the license plate from there and were able to get a cell phone number. He said adding that from there, agents could track the cell phone directly as a location device. Mr. Conant's suicide left more questions than answers about who he was and how he became a bomb maker and why he did it, but Chief Manley seemed to assuage worries about more bombs when he said all seven had been accounted for. Law enforcement officials had worried that Mr. Conant might have placed or sent additional bombs on the hours before he died, and said they were still willing to look into whether Mr. Connett had any accomplices. In the Austin suburb of Pluggerville, P-F-L-U-G-E-R-V-I-L-L-E, where Mr. Connett grew up and lived, a steady fear persisted throughout the days, even after his death. Neighbors were forced to evacuate from the area surrounding the house. Mr. Connett shared with two roommates. After investigators found explosive materials there, they were allowed to return late in the day. The Austin police said that they had questioned Mr. Connett's two roommates, one of has been released. That they're still being questioned as of Wednesday afternoon. Neither roommate was identified outside Mr. Connett's parents' home and I'm not gonna say that name of the city again. Detective David Fugit with the awesome police said Mr Connett's family was cooperating. He was allowing investigators to search the property, including several backyard sheds. We don't have any information to believe the family had any knowledge of these events. That city is a tranquil Austin suburb, nearly 20 miles northeast. It is a spacious town of 59,000 that has long made its unusual name with the silent first letter part of its charm. So I guess it's Pflugerville. As visitors notice, when they pass such businesses as Fast Lube, spelled P-F-A-S-T, at times on Wednesday, Mr. Condit's hometown was transformed. Military-style SWAT vehicles sped down the wide avenues. Neighbors and friends say they were stunned that Mr. Condit was the serial bomber and there's a lot more to this article i don't really like going into but uh the important thing is that the bombings are now over the person responsible has being apprehended and is unfortunately deceased so he's not able to really pay for his crimes
5: red meat we crave sustenance
3: guys we are not invading my hand <laughs> oh. oh. oh.
6: movie i'd give it a five honestly really yeah Wow. liked it that much huh yeah i love this movie (laughs) i remember i remember growing up um my friend leah she had a hot rod shirt that she that she she wanted to give to or maybe she did give it to her boyfriend because she didn't want it because she watched hot rod and she didn't like it but her her boyfriend matt um he liked it a lot, so he took the t-shirt from her. Mm. And it, it was just, I don't know, I feel like they were giving them out in Chicago, mm-hmm. and Matt and Leah accepted them without even having seen the movie, and then they came back and they watched it. Oh, I see. But I really like it.
7: It's, I mean, it's hard it's to think comedy. about any flaws with it. It's an irreverent like, comedy. Yeah, yeah.
6: I don't know. I feel like if chocolate I were to judge this movie... chocolate. If I were to judge this movie, like, when it first came out, maybe I would have liked it more than I did. But going back and watching it as an adult, having never seen it, it the whole way, it. way through... Yeah. I'm going to say, like... I'm going to give it, like, a three. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, it's funny. I can see how back then it would be funny, but I'm just, like, so tired of the... Um, I'm not tired of it, I guess. I love Andy Samberg. I loved that movie, Seven Days in Hell, that he right, did. Right, right. But I guess I just feel like... um. It wasn't as funny as I wanted it to be. There's still so many yeah. parts that I can't help but laugh out loud at whenever I watch it. Yeah. Like the part where he starts falling off the cliff, <laughs> and he's, like, punch-dancing his rage in a field. Or Sometimes he, well, I just get mad at, like, yeah. stupid um, comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
7: I think you were right when you said, like, maybe you would have liked it more... Like around the time when it came when out, because it was also like, was still popular that was around the time like he was doing like I mean, Hot Rod is basically one big long digital short. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> that was at the time where all his digital shorts were coming out, and like it was the wave. Right. Like, that you know, was the, the trend. Facebook, that was so the trend. like. That probably makes a difference, I would imagine. Like, I mean, I love the movie Grandma's Boy, but yes. had I not watched it when it came out, if I watched it later, I probably would have thought it was stupid.
6: Right. Right. But, like, there's a the time I and it. place for hot right. rod.
7: Yeah, and Yeah. It, it's not I mean, today for me.
1: I'd give it a 3.75 out of 5 I really thought it was a good funny comedy I like Andy Samberg's really off the wall style of writing and just bizarreness you know just like he's he's the whole like my favorite part at the end of the movie when he's on the bike and he's like looking and everybody's waving at him and he's just like and then he realizes he's off the bike and then everything snaps into reality like that's so funny because it's almost like Wile E. Coyote what did he
6: say when he came out of the didn't he say who Poobastank. Poobastank. Yeah. What an awful name for a band, by the way.
1: That's exactly Huba what you stank. said, too. You're like, oh,
7: Poobastank. I remember that band. Was <laughs> well, when he um got knocked out, like while he was in a pool. uh, Like oh, when he was holding his oh, breath yeah, When he was holding his
6: breath underwater. He yeah. like, said, what did he say, soul of a bottle bottlenose dolphin? Yeah. And the
7: whole thing about this, you know, it's funny. There's so many things about. About that scene, that's funny. Didn't it? uh But the funniest part is when Bill Hader is yelling at his sister. Oh yeah, about who he's, yeah. like, like, he's just, just like, like
3: <laughs> just leave it. He's like, I don't I care. Care. just bring it. Just bring it. <laughs> just
6: bring it. I love <laughs> Bill Hader. Wait,
1: yeah. is he kissing his sister? <laughs> that's not his sister. Oh, that changes my perspective on everything. <laughs> <laughs>
6: career has evolved from hot rod. Oh yeah, well, for yeah. real. That's an interesting oh, yeah. transition. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I approve of it. I didn't even know who Bill Hater was until hot rod. God, yeah, um, that was probably. Around, I mean, I think he was
7: he just was on. on yeah, he was on SNL. But at he that did. Point. Uh, he was, was in
1: Superbad as well.
7: Yeah, he was he in he Superbad. He is in Superbad. Uh, he's
6: coming out with a new show it's on HBO maybe or maybe really? Showtime
7: oh I have seen
6: he's playing like a serial killer
7: yeah say, I, was say, I was gonna say I was
8: gonna say like it's
6: Dexter it's like a dark really. comedy
7: yeah. Dexter I think it's supposed to kind of be like, Ooh, so, I not yeah. heard nothing about this yeah. Yeah. Should I, you want me to look it up I'll look it up yeah you look it up okay it's yeah it's, it looks like it's gonna be really good have you guys seen the documentary Now's
6: oh my god I love those on Netflix
7: yeah have you not seen it Braga? I don't think so look up documentary now on Netflix like there it's, it's him and Fred AFC. Armisen it's on
6: IFC it's listening oh, the all these yeah.
7: different kind uh-huh. of documentaries like, I remember
6: that I watched that yeah
7: it's it's so funny it's, like, yeah. ridiculous. That's the one, like, the Grey Gardens one they got to yeah, do. Yeah, like. It was, like, soap opera or something. Yeah, they're both, like, mother and dog mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Oh, my God. That was so
6: weird. And then there's
7: a last one called Blue Jean Committee.
3: Mm-hmm. And it's,
7: like, they're just, like, this they're this band from Chicago who, like, then just pretended they were a California band. <laughs> <And> like, everybody <laughs>
1: liked them or whatever. But oh it's, like, two-part. It's really good. Make That's sure, you know. So, Barry... Yeah, mm. is the new series by Bill Hader. Mm-hmm. It does not come out until the 25th of March. Okay. Debuts on HBO. Uh, it is a show about a disillusioned former Marine turned assassin who reluctantly accepts a job in Los Angeles where he inadvertently <laughs> discovers an interest in the performing arts. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay, that looks interesting. Do we want to watch a trailer for that, folks? Because I can um, pull it up right here right now. I have it. I can... If you guys are that interested I can show you the trailer for this
6: we can watch it later I don't care okay
1: no. sure vote later that's fine cool uh
6: <laughs> is this mochi ready to eat you got yeah, it out yeah
1: yeah it, it, it I should know be if it's
6: gonna get melty or not I'm just picking mine up I got vanilla yeah <laughs> sometimes though it's like the, I'm just gonna wait and see what you guys think before I say anything never mind open mm. Like
7: peeling skin.
6: Mm-hmm. It's a little fleshy. <laughs>
7: mm.
6: what you ice take?
7: cream on the inside is good.
4: Yes, yeah. right?
6: The ice cream is really good. It's Sometimes like I'm eating I think the outside, person. like, rice...
4: <laughs> is, but they are ice cream. <laughs> <of> ice cream. <laughs> you're uh, eating an
6: uh, ice cream, man. That's what you're eating. <laughs> the way, they're flat. An <laughs> ice cream, man. It's very fleshy. Ew, it's
3: was this is Even the consistency
7: find. of the... Like the, what, the skin. It's like pig skin. The epidermis. What is this called? Is, is pig this is like it's pig skin? No, it's rice. It's rice. Oh, it's oh, rice. Right. Okay.
1: It's literally rolled rice.
3: It's just. So, like,
7: the consistency of it, like, when you pull and it, like, snaps back. Like, I was like, this is. The skin. elasticity like, of yeah. skin. Yeah. Yeah.
6: It's, it's. And when you're touching it, it's, like, got powder on it, so it mm-hmm. feels, like, fucking fleshy. Mm hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. What is this life? This ice cream is good, but I don't like all of the
7: flesh i can only hope the zombies treat us with the same
1: respect yeah <laughs> mm. i think it's delicious it's yeah it's good we all got different flavors What mm.
6: flavor just did everybody get um i got vanilla
1: i went with the canoa coffee oh kona coffee kona coffee my, my, my.
6: kona coffee i have the strawberry mm. i like that one
7: i got the chocolate i got the black guy that was the double dark chocolate no, the double dark chocolate?
6: Yeah, I picked it out just for you. Thank you. You're, You're welcome. welcome. It's good. <laughs> I like that. Sarah had gotten one. She got the green tea matcha one. Mm-hmm. Because they have all different flavors. I think my favorite one is the vanilla and the mango one is really good, too. But we don't get them often because they taste kind of like flesh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Would you guys get them again? I
1: would. Yeah.
6: I mean... It's different. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Something fun and different. The skin is also also marshmallow tech, like uh, texture. Okay. With the texture of marshmallow. I was trying to think about like what else has that kind of.
6: That's a much nicer way of saying it than flesh. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. well, I'm
1: just curious because <laughs> I've never actually eaten
7: flesh. So I'm just like.
6: Well, I me mean, neither. But you I mean, you eat. you like it was a
7: little tougher than marshmallow. Right? A gamey. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. Fair well, enough. Dangerous, yeah. you know? yeah, it was it, Yeah. Yeah. It's just really. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Damn, well, shockingly enough, I have more dessert for us to try.
2: We oh, should God. Have?
1: Reptar bars. Oh,
6: yeah, we already tried
1: these. What are Reptar bars? Have you ever seen um, Rugrats? On yes. Nickelodeon. So. Yes.
6: We were at FYE the other day, and we were having this big retro thing where. What's in the middle of them? Oh. Stuff that makes your tongue green. Yep. It's like, it almost tastes kind of like frosting inside of milk chocolate. The white chocolate one is horrible. I don't recommend it.
1: Why would you say that? you got to let them have their own opinion. <laughs> well, <laughs> it has to be your own judge. You can't say It's horrible
7: because now they're going to be like, okay. what if this is such Well, sunny. it's white chocolate. And so, I don't really like white. Okay, what is this stuff in the middle?
1: It's like frosting. It's like frosting. What, it what is
6: it?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like frosting. know what he's eating. It is green frosting. Oh, just green mm-hmm. Filled milk chocolate. It
7: has, like, the, the, um, hue of it. I'm gonna kind of my mochi is. from, it's like, Slimer shell. from,
1: uh, It does, kinda, it does look kind of it. Kinda like Slimer. You're supposed to tear open, chomp, and then roar like Reptar after you eat nah, it. No, I'm not gonna do that. Well, of course, because you Better. probably do <laughs>
6: mm-hmm. I took my mochi skin off my ice cream. <laughs> What's that? that shitty quality milk chocolate.
1: I mean, it's just very, like... Basic. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
8: Sodomites sodomites of my the the- in the... In the-, in the-, in the- <laughs> this is <Podcastrophy>. Boxer, he <laughs> had that one in a while. It's a fucking Keystone. Keystone, definitely. Oh, Matty my ice. God.
5: When's the last
8: dude? you know fucking old Milwaukee. We were just talking
5: about Boxer the other day and about like how poor you were when you bought Boxer beer. I remember being 20 years old and buying a 36-pack of Boxer beer for $6.99 and then buying a fucking fifth of, I believe it was Legacy or Grand Prix for like $4.99. And like, you came to the party and everyone was like, yeah, he's here! Oh, we're gonna have so much fun! But now that I'm older, like the guy that brings the grand legacy and like brings the box of beer, it's like get that guy out of here! He's broken. He's gonna steal your shit.
8: <laughs> <laughs> I like to get sopping wet, break like into the- my neighbor's house, and <laughs> steal oh, all their shit. shit. <clears throat> Cha,
9: fuck I need to, you, Iraq. I need, to send, I need to send you that video. We're not going to watch it again
8: on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we might as well. Three week, well, four that, weeks that in would a would row. Have been,
9: that would have been great for the pre-show, but right? Uh, Chaw.
8: Fuck you, Iraq.
9: It's this guy and Henry Bankshaw. Three three weeks in a row, we've watched this show, this fucking video on the show, and uh, but but every week we add another like the next video in line as well, and we had to watch the whole series because we have a different guest every week. So it's just to catch them up to where we're at, we have to watch the whole thing. But uh, yes, it's a guy, and he's just giving random facts about himself.
8: Did you know the average person eats eight spiders in their lifetime? It's astounding. It's (laughs) astounding. I like to take a handful of baby carrots. Jennifer says do it. (laughs) I like to take a handful of baby carrots, cram them in the black of my butthole. (laughs) Get the fuck out of my life, cow. Get the fuck out of my life, cow. Get the fuck out of my life. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Lemons. <laughs> Too bad I like limes. Get the fuck, Get fuck out of here. here. <laughs> fucking throws a <them> lemon. <laughs> it's I'm a pretty good bowler. I've got a one twenty average. <laughs> 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 I fucking love Chen. Goddamn, damn
5: child. Jennifer Jennifer's great. I like Jennifer. At work. She's she's her and my wife used to be really good friends. She's funny. I like Jennifer. You guys Good. have you, have you guys worked with her yet? I've worked yeah. with her
8: like one time. She's funny. She can I've only f- heard her speak like 3 times. She
5: is so hard to get to talk, but when you get her to talking and like she's
8: So the other the other day I'm on 11. This was right before you came back and I'm just bebopping along and I was in a pretty bad mood. I was really, really tired, and I turned around to look at, or turned around to walk back to the next car, and I look. Jennifer's just standing there. Joe's on the other side of the car. (laughs) Just fucking, just running off at the mouth. And I just looked at her, and she's just, "Mm mm-hmm, yep. And this goes on, and this was like first, first or second quarter, so one of the longer quarters, and it just goes on and on and on, and eventually I forgot about it. Later on, like, maybe thirty minutes before break, I turn around and look again at and, and she's participating in the conversation. Joe broke her. She stood strong for like an hour and forty five minutes. And that last half hour to forty five minutes, he broke her. And she participated and I felt so bad because there was nothing I could do. Dude, I love I love Joe.
5: I worked with him today. I love that guy. I I know that we've we've all got our certain quirks, but Joe's just trying to be happy, man. Joe is a quirk. Joe's he just, is a Joe, quirk, Joe, dude. <laughs> Joe, Joe just wants to be happy. It's just he's it, had just a
8: definite hard time. But like most of the problems we all have in life, we are the ones to blame for them. You Got a? You're 35 years old. You gotta that is figure not your shit true. Out. That's that not is, true. That is 100 percent true.
5: It's not heroin at one time.
8: Yeah, you, people decide to jam the needle in their arm or what, their leg.
5: Wasn't my choice.
8: What, did you get fucking attacked by a ninja with heroin?
5: I, did, I got attacked by my brother-in-law. You got attacked by a heroin ninja.
8: <laughs> you gotta watch out for those heroin ninjas. It was
5: terrible. It started a whole fucking down, downward spiral. Yeah, you can say no. You have a choice. I didn't have a choice. You did have a choice. I would have been raped. That's fine. I've never been raped. I don't want to be a victim.
8: <laughs> would you rather be You're a claiming vi- to be a victim right now. Would you rather be a victim or a heroin addict? Right now, just in general. Can we just
5: stop talking about heroin? <laughs> yeah, I'd that's rather fine. be an addict.
8: Yeah, <laughs> anyway,
5: no, just kidding. I'm just
9: saying. Jennifer is- says, "I know who your next guest should be next show. Go ahead and leave in the comments who you think our next right now. Who should, be- should your next is guest is be? You, Jennifer?
5: Oh, is shit. It you? Uh, it's oh pr- shit! It's probably Jennifer's drug dealer. Oh fuck! <laughs> I mean, we all have a drug dealer. I Backster call my, I, my drug dealer. I call mine the pharmacy. <laughs>
8: <laughs> <laughs> Big Pharma, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, I
5: support Big Pharma. Calvin and Joe.
9: <laughs> that's not going to happen. No, that's not, gonna happen. not, no, that's not, not even not going to happen. Not even funny. I would. I would have story, Calvin on.
8: No.
9: I would have Calvin on for sure.
8: I would love to have Calvin. Yeah, on.
9: I would have Calvin on. If if we Joe s- is eventually going to be on my no proxy. No comment yes. on Calvin.
8: If we could set it up to where like. Because obviously Calvin lives in Kokomo, so if we could set it up where maybe we got out really early, yeah, you know, where it wasn't an inconvenience to any of us, that would be great. Because Calvin says some really funny shit. Yes. I understand what you're saying, but give us some time. Not a bad dude. There's a lot worse dudes out there.
5: Calvin's going to have to fucking apologize to me before I fucking forgive,
8: so. Anyway. We're gonna quickly I don't know move what's,
5: on. I don't know what's going on now.
8: We're we're gonna quickly move on from this subject. But Yeah, uh, Calvin
9: and Joe, that's not gonna happen.
8: Tyler, are you religious? Ooh. That's a that's a tough question for me because I was raised I was raised in a home that was pretty much anti religion, but half of the time of my childhood I was in a home that was like devout Catholic. So I was kind of raised Catholic but not raised Catholic. Did I, I did all the Catholic shit but I didn't do it all the time. And then once I became an adult, it's like, "Uh, fuck Christianity because it's just a business. All major religions are a business." If I had if if see, I, I See, I I uh, See, I
5: have a different issue. See, I was molested Catholic and I was raised Christian. Ah,
8: that's right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, there's a couple things in my life that have happened that really fucking burnt me out on Christianity. One of them was not being molested. I really enjoyed that. But uh, that was a joke. You guys were supposed to laugh, and you didn't. And now I feel stupid. <laughs> Thanks, we've... guys! Yeah, yeah because no, dude, I'm now just... that you're drinking,
5: the truth comes out. So but, uh, just now just are to when your story.
8: And about, oh, so, so you the floor. If, if you <laughs> honestly want to know what I believe, um, I'm an Irish-German Swede, so... I got the girth of the Swede and the German, but the height of an Irishman with the attitude. So When you say girth, are you talking about your penis? No, I'm talking about my, my waist. Okay. I'm a fat piece <laughs> I was, of shit. I was like... But uh, I, on, I honestly believe in all the Norse mythology shit. I believe there's multiple gods for multiple things, and that if I die a good death, I'll go to fucking Valhalla. That's what I believe. Because if I had to choose between playing shuffleboard in heaven with Marvin Gaye and fucking David Bowie.
5: David Bowie's
8: last great hit. You know what it was? No, I don't give a shit. Probably heroin. Thank you. But, uh, <laughs> good God. <laughs> but if I had to choose between that and meeting my ancestors and fighting battles every day and doing cool shit and then dying and waking up and doing it all over again every day, I'll fucking choose that. Because I just, I don't. I don't buy into any of the major religions. It's all fucking business. That's all it is.
5: I I agree with you 100%. You know what? Someone asked me. Someone someone really opened my eyes the other day, and I didn't realize this because I, I was raised Catholic for the first, I don't know, nine years of my life. Granted, I went to a Christian school from five to six for kindergarten and then moved on. My grandparents made sure that I was raised Catholic, 100%. Okay. And then when I got to be 13 or 14, my parents were like, listen, obviously, you don't need to go to public schools. You're in too much trouble. Put me in a Christian school. So I was raised 14, 15, 16 years old, like in a hardcore, you went to Bible class, you went to church during the week. Yep. Christian, okay. And <clears throat> I think a lot of Christianity is based on fear it's fear, fear of the fact that if you don't follow God's ways, if you don't live to God's, you know, absolute, um, well, you know, the, God wants you to, as Sean Chama put this: if you live for your flesh, you're going to burn in hell. And I just don't feel like I, I don't, I don't want to miss out on the Justice League. Okay, I don't want to miss out on Infinity Wars, and I don't want to miss out on Deadpool. And if that means that I have to go to hell, then so fucking be it. Right. Like that's you know, it's
8: it's a money based. Well, and it's that's a the money that's based. the thing. It, it, Everything that you just said, but you, you left out the part where you also have to dev, devote a lot of your money.
5: A lot of your money. 10%. 10%. In most religions, it's 10% of your gross income. Good luck.
0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Game Addicts Podcast, the show where we talk about the modern and retro video games that we play and collect. I am your host, Brando, and today's episode is going to be a little different, guys. This week, we've had some pretty bad health issues kind of ravaging my family, and uh, we basically decided to sort of kind of chill out this week. We're not taking the week off because we're still going to bring you some cool content. We're We're going to go back to the archives, and we're going to check out some of the earliest retrospectives that we did, basically... What retrospectives are is we basically take an episode and we dedicate it to a single topic, whether it's a system, series, whatever, and it really all started with the PSP. I kind of wanted to do a, a a segment. that I didn't even have a name for it yet. The word retrospective wasn't even in my vocabulary yet as far as this goes. I just wanted to cover the PSP, and I wanted to share my love and some of my favorite games and talk about the history of it a little bit. And that episode was like episode 13. It was called Game Addicts Portable. And I hadn't even changed. I, as, as I said, I had I, I haven't even like officially named it retrospective. So the next episode, the the, the the official first retrospective episode is actually the PlayStation. But the official one that was never named that was the Game Addicts Portal of the PSP. So the first clip, guys, that you're going to hear is a clip of us just gushing on the PSP and talking about like the the Vita and and then the how that associates and how Sony's proprietary memory cards and all that kind of stuff like that so uh, here's that clip guys enjoy I wanted to do an episode focused on the PSP right the 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 predecessor to the Vita because the PSP did amazing numbers I just looked it up like right before we started PSP sold was it eighty two
2: million systems. Yeah, but there was a reason why. Uh, well, yes,
0: I mean, okay, sure, you could, you, I mean, you can hack it. Yep. But, I mean, then you get, but, I mean, was it, was it just that? Because not everybody did that.
2: Not everybody did that, but a majority of people did. Those, those systems that you're seeing those high numbers on are people that, like me, I'm not going to mod this one for the simple fact that it's it's a limited edition one. And if it was just a black one, I would already modded it. Well, see now they
0: have a uh, they have a way where you can just install the hack onto a memory card. Right. And it's like every time you boot it up, you got to launch that it like kind of restarts the system.
2: Yeah, I didn't do that.
0: Um, I did that. It, well, see the thing is, is that I don't really for for me, I don't really see a need for it because most of the stuff that. That I'm gonna play uh, on the go. I have it on the go, and it's like, okay, do I want the entire NES library on the go? No, I don't need it.
2: You don't need it. But at that, think of that at the time. You know, the time was the PS2. Yeah. And you know, the PS2 was great. It was it was throwing out games left and right that were fantastic. I mean, we could just throw out random names, and they were just great games. And it, in that era, the PSP came out, and, and its its UMDs were just completely. I think they're the best cd form of anything ever because they're they're covered yeah i mean that's the big thing is like you get these dvds and the blu-rays and you you lay them down and they're scratched. Well, i could pull this out right here and it don't hurt it because it's it's got the case on it i like it and i think that it could have been utilized a little bit better like larger games on it
0: the downfall of it is the times. Yes. Or are the load times. I mean, the load times are pretty bad for some games. In fact, some games, uh, they'll say, Hey, can you, you want, you might want to install some of this data to make loading times. Yes. A smaller. So now there were multiple variations on the PSP that came out. I didn't own the first one. And the, the second one. Uh, yeah. See, the, uh, I didn't own the first one at all. I saw it and I got a chance to hold one. The PSP 1000s, they were the really you know, kind of the thicker yeah. uh, black model that came out. And, uh, I didn't get one until 2007 when, uh, I don't know if the 2000 had just come out or if they had been out for a little bit. I got the bundle that had Jack.
2: Jack Daxter. Jack, or I'm
0: sorry, just Daxter. Daxter. Mm-hmm. And then mine had the Family Guy UMD.
2: Let's see, when I got the Freaking Sweet Collection. I got mine. It was National Treasury and... National my, Treasure? National Treasure and um, I think it was... Jack, Daxter, I think I got. Was it Daxter? Daxter. Well, this is
0: my original one right here. Right. I still have it. And uh, I bought this for one game.
2: (laughs) I know what game that was. Uh,
0: That's not the first time I've done that. It's not the first system I bought for one game. I bought an original Xbox to play Kotar. I bought a GameCube to play the Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes a remake. And I bought this to play Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII. So... I bought this in November and Crisis Core is supposed to come out in March. So the games that I picked up with this day one were Siphon Filter Dark Mirror GTA Vice City Stories which I'd already played the port of that on the PS2. Right. But I'm hey play it on the go. That's yeah. where it came out for. And then I got uh, Metal Gear Solid uh, Portable Ops. And I played the crap out of it. I liked it. And of course I got Crisis Core day one I had it pre- oh, yeah. pre-ordered and got it played the crap out of that and then uh, I sort of slacked off a little bit on it after that I, I did play some of the PS1 classics that I got for uh, like I got FF7 Chains of Olympus is what I got with it did it was yeah. it Chains of Olympus mm-hmm. I didn't play those right away uh, however I was uh, deciding to do another playthrough of Crisis Core and this is probably 2009
2: right. summer of
0: 2009 I was playing uh, either Crisis Core or I had because I think I had just got uh the ff7 uh, ps1 classic right and I was and I can't remember if I was play- I, I was kind of going I was going to work towards playing through Crisis core and then playing that and then uh was sitting on the crapper you know as you do yeah yeah okay and then all of a sudden I can't remember what happened what it did if I could run a little too hard or you know it, it just went and oh crap pick it up Nothing. Nothing. Hmm. It never worked again. But. Anyway, so <laughs> so this was now a paperweight. It, it, it didn't work. The, uh, I couldn't get it to work. Everything I tried, I took this thing apart, trying to figure out what was wrong with it. And then that year, uh, I got married to my awesome wife. Mm-hmm. And we bought each other. Uh, wedding gifts, and she got a DSI,
2: right?
0: And I got a PSP Go. Huh? Now the PSP Go, I bought that because I'm like digital gaming. Then this is before I was a collector. Oh, that's awesome! I don't have to haul anything around. And then I'm like, and and i and I'm sure they're going to come out with all the other games that are out for it, except for the one you want. Except for the two, there were were two games that still, that never came out digitally on the PlayStation Store, because Square are douchebags.
2: Well. It was Square. It's all Square. uh, It
0: is Square, because they put Dissidia 1 and 2 digitally. Okay. Okay, Dissidia, they got released. Third birthday got released. Crisis Core and Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, Nope. No plans. Why? That was their answer. Shrug.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I got a few games when I got the go. I got Chinatown Wars, GTA. I got Chains of Olympus. I got a few more PS1 classics. And then I got Dissidia. And then I'm pretty sure those were the only games I got, like actual PSP games, that I got. uh, No, Peace Walker. I bought Peace Walker. Peace Walker.
2: Yep. Yeah. I still got to get that since I have the Peace Walker. Yeah. Edition. So anyway,
0: uh, I had to go and then I decided to get rid of the go.
2: Yeah.
0: And I, and I sold it to you. Traded it to me. Oh, I did trade it to you. Yep. For, it was like the entire Gundam Wing set and then 40 bucks, 30 bucks. Something
2: like that, yeah.
0: And then uh, you let somebody borrow it. Never got it back. Now, I wonder why that was.
2: Oh, I don't know. maybe the day day before I really got on his ass, he asked you how much he could get for it. It was something like that, yeah, 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 or, but that's neither here nor there. He gave <laughs> me the money, gave me enough money to get the green limited edition one. Uh, that, that's a three thousand. That's three thousand. Let's make sure. I'm pretty sure it is. I think it so. should be a three thousand because it's one of the last ones made. Yep, three thousand and one. Yep, two thousand. This is an on. Yeah, yeah, 2001,
0: yeah, I'll be damned, it does. So uh, I decided to get back into PSP because I still had Crisis Core. I still had some of the games I had for it. And then I found a copy of Twisted Metal Head-On at my local Goodwill for like $3. And I said, I need to go get a PSP. And that's when I got this one, which is a 3000. It is a black. And I took the battery out of this one, put it in here, and it fired right up. So I didn't break my system. I broke the battery. So, which, is, which is
2: easily replaced. It can
0: be. I still haven't done it. I just swapped the battery. But like, They
2: now have extension, battery extend extenders on those, so they increase mm-hmm. the battery. So. Yep,
0: yeah, but uh, yeah. So I've played the crap out of this. Got a game in there. What and game is it? Smackdown. Smackdown. Smackdown 2006. GM mode. Yeah. If we get that on the go, I absolutely love Me and Rob played the hell out of GM mode. But the PSP, man, I... Since it sold so much, so many systems, like it has such a great library. And when you look, I mean, okay, so the Vita, it has a good library, but nothing like the PSP. PSP has so many freaking games.
2: Vita's getting there.
0: No, Vita's not even close.
2: I would say that...
0: Vita has a lot more uh, uh, of those uh, like indie games. It does. That came to that. like When you're talking about really good... Uh, solid games and ports and remakes and versions that were on PS2 okay. versions that were even on yeah. okay, like a PS3 and uh, you had racing games you had shooters Well, okay maybe not the quality of first person shooter but they had different kinds of shooters you had um, did I say racing? yeah I already said racing you had great RPGs so many RPGs
2: you yeah, had the Grand Trismo uh, mm-hmm. PSP versions I haven't played yet and I've played and almost beat every one of them <sighs> I gotta get that
0: I need Yeah, I wanted to get that as well. And there was another version after 3000 that came out. It was a cheap, cheap version. And uh, I, I think it's called like the E or something like that. PSP E or PSP like 3000 E or something like that. I don't even know. I'm not even going to waste time looking it up. So it is a really cheap uh, model uh, that got released for like 100 bucks. Oh, I don't
2: know. Really-
0: and uh, I don't i, I don't even think I even, even saw it. Uh, when I moved down here in 2011, I want to say is like 2012, 2013. Down, uh, down just south of us is, is, is Lebanon. And yeah. in their Walmart was a brand new in-box PSP. They were selling it for 120 bucks, Huh. Brand new. And they, they, it, it sat there for so long. And I'm just like, I wish they would clearance that out. <laughs> Right. I'm like, I would buy that and just keep it in the box for for good old times or for when one of these decides it's not really not gonna work anymore.
2: Was it you don't know if it's the e model or the three thousand? It was
0: a three thousand. It was a silver three thousand. Journey into comics network Patreon presents. It's an energy field created by all living things. The Podcast Menace. A podcast one hundred percent dedicated to Star Wars. Rich energy. So bad. With your hosts, Brandon Stone and Tyler McLaughlin. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome, everyone, to the debut episode of The Podcast Menace. This is the only podcast on the Journey into Comics Network 100% completely dedicated to the fandom and love of Star Wars. Thank you for joining us today on this, the day of our free premiere here on the network, and of course, I am one of your hosts, Brando, and the other lovable, gracious host of this show, my good buddy,
8: Tyler. What's up, everybody?
0: Welcome to the show, everybody. This show has been in the making for
8: almost a month or two now. Well, total time is like three months. Yeah. Maybe well, a little bit longer than that. It's been
0: it kind of stewing in my head ever since sort of like we got done doing the Star Wars episode on the Journey to Comics show uh, when we reviewed Last Jedi. And it seemed like across the network, not just us, but almost every show in some respect, following The Last Jedi, talked about The Last Jedi. And during The Last Jedi is when I'm like, man, I, I want to talk more Star Wars stuff more often. And I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, you know what? Tyler really knows his shit. He's like, I could talk to Star Wars with a lot of folks, but it's like, you're the one dude that I've met so far that can really 100% challenge my knowledge as far as like, holy crap, dude, I don't even know if I know that 100%.
8: I feel like that if, so when we did The Last Jedi kind of uh, review right after the movie, you know, it was really late at night mm-hmm. and we had all had a long day at that point anyway. I feel like if we had a little bit more kind of resolve or just energy more than anything, we would have still been talking Star Wars at like six or seven o'clock in the morning.
0: Well, there was so much to digest with that movie. Seeing that movie again helped me further like my own opinion of that movie because that movie is so divisive among fans. Right.
8: And then, you know, while we were dissecting The Last Jedi we started talking about themes and parallels and all the other stuff in the total Star Wars universe as a whole and how that tied in and influenced The Last Jedi. And then, you know, like all of us always do, we ramble a little bit, we get on tangents, and it's like all of this shit is relative. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I can talk Star Wars all day, every day. It has been, you know, I have a lot of hobbies. I have a lot of... Uh, things that I'm a big that I consider myself a major fan of things like Mass Effect you know of course the Tolkien stuff Mm -hmm. Um, I'm way behind on Game of Thrones so I can't really say that for sure definitely a fan but Star Wars always eclipses everything and Star Wars in itself was influenced by so many big things in previous times you know you, you listen to George Lucas and he's like well Flash Gordon you know, I saw Flash Gordon, read Flash Gordon when I was a kid, and it's like that was one of the biggest things that influenced mm-hmm. him and made him create all this stuff anyway. And Star Wars, not just on the storytelling or science fiction level, it influenced cinematography and special effects. And Star Wars is a part of I don't I don't wanna just say American culture because it's influenced worldwide but it's a, it's a part of everything. Any major movie in the last 20 years has had to look at what Star Wars did in 1977 and say this this was big. And the uh, you know with CGI and a lot of the stuff now we've moved on from practical special effects but but ILM, I mean Absolutely.
0: Star Wars gave us ILM. Absolutely. And ILM is responsible for so many other uh movies like throughout the eight, like Spielberg movies, mm-hmm. you can just look at almost any movie, uh, that has big special effects, not every single one of them, but even if they're not like associated with Lucas or Spielberg or any of these other like, uh, companies, you'll see the ILM may have done work on it. Absolutely. You know, they've they're, they've definitely became a big effects house, but you know, star Wars is entrenched in film history mm-hmm. and in, and in worldwide history, as far as like culture and pop culture, it was something that nobody expected. This thing to have become what it became.
8: Well, especially you know, Star Wars kind of set the precedent for taking—I uh, don't want to say no-name actors, but but either unknown or actors with a very small following—and blowing them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, every every couple of years, we'll have. I, whenever I think about this, I think about Sam Worthington. You know, he came in with Avatar, Clash of the Titans, Wrath of the Titans. He had very few films in a very short amount of time, and it took him straight to the top. You know, with Avatar especially. So that that as far as the the actor side um, of the filmmaking industry, it gave all of us people who are like, hey man, I, I I think I could do that. You know, you look at Harrison Ford, he had what? American Graffiti and that's maybe it. Yeah, he, he And he was a carpenter. Yeah, he
0: was he wasn't even supposed to be in the movie. He that's was right. just doing table reads or, or test ratings mm-hmm. for other actors. He was just a placeholder. Yep. And then you think about the other actors who tested for Han. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell's an
8: amazing actor. Absolutely. Well, especially in the time period you know, in the 70s and, and the 80s. And, and that was right before he blew up. That's I mean, right.
0: You know, he was another kind of young and up-a-comer at the time. You know, walking, of all people, you know. It would have been crazy to to hear it, but, like, even back then. But, you know, Star Wars did blow up, and it did become something bigger. And we kind of hope the same thing for this podcast. We Absolutely. We definitely, definitely wanted to start this thing going up. And what you guys are hearing today is the first official episode. It is free on the network across podcast services all, all across the galaxy, and uh, the rest of these episodes are going to be on the Journey to Comics Patreon, and they're, they're going to be a part of the exclusive content deal for $3, and the reason for that is that we're trying to really kind of grow ourselves and really help support the network, and we thought, what better way than to help give you guys, like, sell you guys on it, than to give you guys even more stuff, mm-hmm. you know, not only, you know. You know, for a dollar you get early access, but for three dollars you get this show exclusive every single month. And there's more shows coming down the line and you get early access to every single show. That's as right. As soon as it's done, it's there. So your podcast feed is gonna be chock full of like so much stuff. All you know, every single day there's something uploaded. Quality stuff. Exactly. Not just
8: stuff. Yeah. We all put a lot of time and effort. Um, you know, we all have busy lives. We're all working adults, we have families. We put a lot of time into effort into doing our best at these po- at, at doing these podcasts. So three dollars a month would definitely help us out.
0: Oh, dude, three bucks a month. I mean, what's that like a cheeseburger and fries? You know, right. So uh, definitely consider that. and We hope you do kind of come along and join on our Star Wars journey with us over on the Patreon. But for now, sit tight, and we're gonna we're gonna break down some of the stuff that's been going on lately in Star Wars. Of course, we are like right in the smack dab in the middle. In between The Last Jedi mm-hmm. and Solo. And it, it's it's a really neat place to be because we still don't know really what Solo holds for us. Uh, it is something that has made a lot of fans nervous due to all the rumors and conjectures and all of the problems and the director shifts and, and tone shifts, whatever. And then we're coming off of Last Jedi, which, as I said before, was a very divisive movie across the fan base, which, honestly, that I like that because when everybody loves something that's cool but then when it, when something is divisive that's when you know it's good.
8: Well, when when you and I sit down and we talk about last jedi though we hold a lot of the same opinions, you know, you and I can each break down the same scene and we take entirely different things away from it. Sure, people people have been rambling in the streets, and you know, shortly after the the movie premiered, people were sending Ryan Johnson death threats. And you know, obviously, Star Wars fans are some of the most powerful and numerous fans of anything. Uh, I don't I don't think that a bad Star Wars movie or a bad um, if my opinion of a Star Wars movie is bad, I don't think that justifies sending somebody death threats. But that just goes to show how how strong our fan base is, and we expect greatness. You know,
0: it's it's funny because
8: we are such a fickle group.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we, we came off of the original trilogy and then had the original trilogy sort of force-fed down our throats with changes. Right and changes that were happening all the way until he sold the rights, like literally, like the the, Blu-ray. The The Blu-ray copies were my most irksome out of all of them. That's my own thing. I I don't need blinking Ewoks. I don't need additional Vader lines when the... The scene doesn't call for him to sing.
8: Right. The really the only thing that I didn't nitpick was Jabba's inclusion in A New Hope Mm -hmm. when they're in Mos Eisley. That was really the only one of those that I didn't nitpick. I don't need Vader yelling. Unnecessary. I don't need like you said blinking Ewoks. That was weird as shit.
3: It's time for brews with dudes. Ah, juicy. Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of Brews with Dudes. I'm Nick Maxson, your host. I'm here with Brett once again. Hello. We are actually up in Chicago. It's, is it
10: Where exactly are we at? We're in Lombard, Illinois. Lombard, Illinois. So about 20 to 25 minutes west of Chicago. Okay, and that's Paul. That's our new friend,
3: Paul. We just ran into it. Noon Whistle Brewery. Uh, you are the head brewer here? Correct. Yeah, head brewer, one of the owners. Wow, nice. So, so how long have you been? How long have you been here, brewing in this location? How long have you been brewing in general?
10: Uh, well, myself, I started home brewing uh, probably about eleven years prior to opening up this place. Um, Noon Whistle has been open for three years, awesome. so I've probably been brewing for about fourteen years. I uh, went to Siebel Institute, uh, which is uh, one of the oldest brewing schools in the U.S. Yeah, uh, I went there. Um, and did my studies uh, about uh, a year prior to opening up this place. Cool. So. That's awesome. Well, that's awesome. I,
3: have, I have heard of Siebel. I, I'm one of those nerds that reads the comic. Not the comic, but the uh, the magazines. Yeah. Nice. nice. So I've definitely heard of Siebel. That's really cool. Awesome. Nice. Well, Brett and I grabbed ourselves a couple flights. It looks like it looks like Paul's got something even different than what we got. So, and it looks like we also got a cheese truck pulling up on us. <laughs> we do. Yeah, we do. We have
10: food trucks normally on Friday nights, so we have uh, Toasty Cheese, who's pulling up currently. Uh, so they will pull up, and then they will. Uh, it should quiet down. So we That's should. All right. we That's should be all right.
3: We'll make it through. Yeah. We'll make it through. Yeah. So let's see. You just released recently. The, the Vortex is the gummy, right?
10: sure yeah so we have our gummy series which is uh a series of our northeast ipas uh so these are our hazy styles um that are heavily dry hopped so this is uh the current and the revolving series um and the next will be gummy apocalypse which will be out for three months Gummy apocalypse um, we, we take breaks on all the different ones so cool Very nice
9: yeah we've definitely got quite a bit of variety here when it comes to what each of us decided um I'm definitely ready to try this swanky. That one kind of caught me off guard. Can you tell me a little bit about that one?
10: Yeah, swanky smack is our uh, red sour. So um, we currently uh, do a lot of kettle sours. um, And that is a kettle sour beer. uh, But it's our play on a red sour. Um, And then we also do some wild sours as well, uh, which we are getting more and more involved with. And we'll be continually doing more um, barrel aging uh, wild sours with Brett. Um, but currently uh, um, this is uh, everything that we can for our sours are our our kettle sours so this is um, this is ending so this is the end of the uh, end of the season for it Um, and then we will be going into a dry hop sour which is brewed um, and that is called smack that so this is our smack series um, and so anything that has smack is going to be one of our sours. It's really good. I definitely you like smack that. Your lips when you drink yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's, like that's that. really good.
3: That's awesome.
9: I like that. Um, the one that uh, the guy that we met at 450 North Brewing Company is where we were at uh, in um, Columbus, Indiana. He told us about
10: the uh, gummy with ghost peppers, the ghost pepper stout gummy. Yeah, so that one is gone. That's a uh, ghost face gummy. Yeah, OK. Um, so that was with uh, mango. Uh, so we put a bunch of mangoes in there um, as well as dry hopped. And then we used a little bit of uh, used a little bit of everything um, as far as peppers go. So we used some chocolate, chocolate habaneros, some ghost peppers, um, and then we used a couple other ones. I, I worked with a guy down in Florida um, That actually helped me out and pick different peppers for it. Um, and then we were able to add those um, so uh, I might be able to get you guys, um, you know, it's 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 on the end. I have a few in the back uh, but I can get you guys Ooh-hoo. some that you guys can try. Yeah, uh, that'd be it's, awesome uh, it's got uh, more of a uh, uh, more of the pepper flavor than it actually does the spice cool. that 's awesome
9: that 's awesome, awesome, yeah, I definitely like I like the flavor behind it, but sometimes some get too spicy when it comes to
3: the pepper beers so it's definitely hard to do, so I, I definitely want to try that one. We, yeah, we had the one. Have you heard of Zwanzig's? The white, I'm sorry. It's called Zwanzig's. It's a brewery down in, in Columbus, Indiana. Uh, they had We had a ghost pepper beer from them last weekend, and it was, it was pretty it was, good. It was pretty good. We uh, liked I, that one a lot. I brewed one last year. Um, one of my buddies grew the ghost peppers. And then we added some cinnamon to it. And uh, that one mostly just whooped your ass with spice in it. We, we did something. It was still a good beer, but we did something wrong with it. So. Well, you,
10: you add cinnamon. So those both have a very thin line, I think. Those and that combination, right? So in my eyes, peppers have a very thin line um, of, you know, of this you know the spice you know it's like how do you add it to so you know or if it sits on there too long and same thing with cinnamon right yeah cinnamon has we just released uh this chata which is our uh play on an orchata um we just released it on wednesday so that is a belgian wit um with vanilla and cinnamon in it um so so you know, once again, um, you know, it, it, there's a very thin line with cinnamon. Um, just I think, just with along with peppers, you know, this the cinnamon is. Uh, we used um, uh, actually like a, like a, a brown cinnamon um, because there's different cinnamons as well.